Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. Let the church say amen. amen. If you believe that God is able, then we need to give a response. And we need to praise God. Praise God. Come on. We need to, if you believe that God is able, come on. You can do better than that. If you believe that God is able, come on. You can get louder than that. If you believe God is able. Somebody in this sanctuary is waiting on a blessing. And you need to know that God is able to do whatever it is you're asking. And in the midst of trials and tribulations, we should always praise the Lord. You never know when your blessing is coming, Bishop. Is that right? You never know when God is going to show up. And it is a blessing to be able to stand on your feet and give God praise for all that he has done. All that he has done. We certainly lift up all of our disciples who have been impacted by the virus, and we pray, and we know that God's healing will receive them, Bishop. We know that. Bishop, we thank you for coming to bless us. We thank you for using your gifts so that God will be magnified. Thank you, Lord, for this church. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your glory. Thank you, dear God, for all that you have done. We praise your name, dear God, for all that you're doing right now. And we thank you, God, for the future which is in your hands. We thank you for every blessing. We thank you for every disciple. We thank you for every heartache. We thank you for every challenge. We thank you, oh God, that in the midst of trials and tribulations, that we can still come to this space and worship you in spirit and in truth. I pray for a fresh anointing upon our musicians, our praise team. I pray, dear God, right now that you will anoint everyone under the sound of my voice. And I pray, dear God, that you will dry up distractions so that your people will be able to hear from you. Thank you for saving my life. Thank you for blessing my life. And thank you, Lord, for giving me the presence of mind to love you. It is in the powerful and wonderful name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Amen. Loving God is not a cheap date. I said loving God is not a cheap date. Sometimes your plans are interrupted. And sometimes you don't get to do what you want to do. I have found that when we get to Christmas and we talk about Mary and, and Mary's uh, surrendering her life unto God, 
it dawned on me that we don't talk about Bishop that Mary was on her way to get married, that Mary had other plans. She was going to have a family, and she was going to have a husband, and she was going to take on a new role in the community. But sometimes God will show up and give another agenda. Have you ever had that happen to you? See, sometimes we don't know that we're not in God's will because we're not in prayer. And we don't hear from God when God has changed his script. And you are still on the old script. Ever dated someone or thought you were in love and you didn't know that they had broken up with you five months earlier and had moved on? You see, we got to know what to watch for. We got to know what to look for. And we need to know and be committed to the fact that we will always be united with God, but we must confess and we must do the will of God. I think this Mary experience is one that everybody should have. I was praying, Bishop, as I read this, and I said, and Mary said, this is the message Bible. I am bursting with God, good news, with God news. I'm dancing the song of my Savior. In my mind, I wanted Deacon Don to ask everybody to get up and show me their best holy dance. But I didn't think I would have many people who would be willing to stand up to show me anything at all. Can anybody just show up, stand up, and show me your move for God? When God has just blessed you beyond your imagination. See, I don't have any rhythm. That's a myth that all black folk can dance. That's not true. But I also found that that you don't have to you don't have to be successful with a secular dance to have a holy dance in the name of Jesus. Do I have any volunteers? Nobody in here knows how to dance in the spirit. Bacon, you can't cut a leg for the Lord every now and then. Come on, Bacon, what does it look like when you give your life to the Lord? Oh yeah, you begin to pat your feet. Oh, I think Kim's got it over there. Oh, she's rocking and everything. Kim, come on, let's see what that looks like. Yeah, hallelujah, yeah. Oh, yeah, thank you, Lord, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Is that Faith Mims Barbie? Oh, yeah. Woo! Yeah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Praise his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Woo! Oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless your holy name. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, we're looking good. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Woo! Every now and then it's good. I didn't know fake could dance like that. We've been around a long time. I haven't seen you cut that step before. It's good to dance in the spirit. Mary said, I'm bursting with God news. I'm, I'm dancing the song of my Savior God. She said, God took one look, good look at me, and look what happened. God can take one look at you and transform you from nothing to something. 
And what Mary was saying is that I, I'm not what I used to be because now God has looked upon me. And she also said that I'm the most fortunate woman on earth because God has selected me. God has chosen me. How many of you know that God has selected you as well? Come on, God has selected all of us, but some of us are cowards and we won't go where God is telling us to go. So the first lesson I want you to get out of this message is that stop talking negatively to yourself and go and appoint yourself to what God has given you to do. And Mary had a hola dance, and she was bursting with joy because she was in this place of solitude with God. If you want to be happy, you need to be with God because God will nourish your very soul. Come on now. They, uh, when you looked at NC Central last night in Jackson State, do you know the game went into overtime? I don't even watch it too much, but I saw the dancing on the field. And even before the game ended, all the players from Central had entered on the field like this dance is over. You see, when you're caught up in the spirit, it doesn't mean that you're not cognitive anymore. It means that you are yielding yourself to Almighty God. And what God has done for me will never be forgotten. Can I get a witness? What God has done for me... Oh, come on, what God has done for me will never be forgotten. Mm, the God whose very name is holy, set apart from all others. His mercy flows in wave after wave on those who are in awe before him. Worship, worship brings us into the presence of God. So it's time for us to magnify the Lord. So Mary said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Come on, say it out loud. Oh, magnify. Come on, come on. Oh, magnify. And let us rejoice in God our Savior. Hallelujah. That's what Christmas is all about. You don't need to get to Macy's or Dillard's. You don't need to go run up your credit card. You don't need to go out and buy things you can't afford. You do not need to be in Macy's looking around for things that you cannot pay for. All you need to do is go home and say, oh, magnify. We got it all messed up. Advent is more than lighting candles. They're beautiful. But if the spirit of the living God is not in your soul, there is no light. Advent is more than lighting candles. It's a four-week season of preparation for the coming of Christ at Christmas. And it always has a theme of looking towards the future coming of Christ at the end time. And God shows his mercy and grace through the presence of Jesus. We need to be the face of Jesus in the world today and share the good news of the gospel. Watching CNN and WRAL, ABC, it doesn't matter who it is, it's all bad news. But when you have a relationship with God, 
you find that there's always something to hope for. And you find out that there's always good news even when you don't see it. There are three things that Advent gives us an opportunity to do. The first one is we need to reflect on our relationship with Almighty God through Jesus Christ. Number two, we need to repent for our sins. Say repent, church. Repent for our sins and wholeheartedly return to God. And then thirdly, we need to rejoice as we celebrate the gift of love we received because of the birth of Jesus Christ. Advent is a season when we take inventory of our lives, Malik. Advent is not when you look at me, but you look at yourself. Advent is a season when you look back and say, God, have I done what you told me to do? When you look back and reflect on what it is. Reflection comes from the Latin reflectora made up of the prefix back and flexure to bend. So it's been something back, Tanya. It's turning around, looking back, and asking yourself, have I functioned in the will of the Lord? And reflection, reflection, and looking back to throw light on the things that we have covered over. Advent is a season when you're honest with yourself about the sins that you have committed. Advent is a season when you confess the sins that you have uh, committed against sisters and brothers. Advent is a season when you look back and realize you didn't tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Advent is a season when you and God have a heart-to-heart -heart talk and you tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. The parable of the lost son is a perfect example of returning. I won't read the whole story because you know the story and you know what happened. But it seems to me that Jesus shared this story because it's an excellent example of what happens when we get full of ourselves. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. And the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share, hey, of the estate. So he divided his property between them, Don. The father didn't beg him to stay. The father didn't say, you know how much I love you, boy. The father didn't say, you know, you immature. The father didn't say, you can't go. The word of God says not long after that, that the younger son got together all he had. And he set out for a distant country and there squandered his wealth and wild living. And some of us do the same thing. We ask the Lord, give me, just give me what belongs to me. And then I'll go party and have a great time and travel around the world and cruise a little bit and meet people that I've never met before. And the Bible says that he had spent everything and there was a severe famine in the land. He went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields, Josh, to feed the pigs. Sometimes we're in the pig, pig pent because it's all about us and the choices we make. Have you ever found yourself in the pig pen and you want to say, God, if it had not? No, 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 no. We end up in the spaces in our life because of the decisions that we make. And reflecting means that you're honest enough to say so. The Lord told me not to go over there, but I went anyway.
He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. My favorite line, verse 17. When he came to his senses. When he came, Connie, to his senses. So church, what I'm saying is that if you give yourself nothing else for Christmas, you need to read this and ask God to help you return to your senses. Because when you return to your senses, God will navigate for you. But if you are navigating on your own, you're in a danger zone, and you can end up with the pigs. I know what I'm talking about because I've had times that I lost my mind. And God had to remind me, you need to go back and start all over again. Nothing like a relationship with God. The second element of Advent is repent. The Hebrew meaning of teshuvah. The instruction to repent has a very heavy connotation that most people is defined as regret. Because what I'm saying to you here, if you say I'm sorry and you don't mean it, you haven't repented. And a lot of times we send a note saying I'm sorry or a text message, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it that way. Yes, you did. You meant it that way at that time. And repentance allows us to tell the truth to say, Lord, I have done wrong, and I want to return from my evil ways, and I want to be in relationship with you. Many of us don't like sermons like this because all of us think we're holy. And just because we know the Bible doesn't mean we know God. And just because we go to Bible study does not mean that our hearts have been changed. And just because we show up and give a portion of what God has given us, that does not mean that that's what God rightfully should have. See, what repent in the English Bible often mentions repentance, which most interpret as being sorry. As such, it appears to be more of a feeling rather than taking action. You see, there's one thing to feel sorry and another thing to be sorry. Because when you feel sorry, you just feel it and you get over it. But when you take action, then you speak up and you acknowledge your behavior before God. And it's good to know that God is willing to accept us back. Repenting is a decision. How many people do you owe an apology to? How many people? You ever ask God, show me the people I have insulted this week. Show me the people who did not understand what I said and how I said it. Show me the people who don't want to be around me because they don't want to hear the word of God. And show me the people who are running from you so that I might witness of your goodness, O merciful God. So what I'm saying is that Advent is an important season in the life of the church, but it also has to take place in your heart. The word of God, you know this story that Joseph was betrayed by his brothers. We know this story because many of us in families, well, we've been betrayed. I can be a witness. And the people that you love and share your whole life with might turn on you when you need them most. 
They tried to kill Joseph, but the Lord decided he is not going to die. Anybody ever tried to kill you? And sometimes it's not physical. They just want to kill your spirit. Anybody ever look at you and say, why is she preaching like that? Why don't she just go on and wrap this up so I can get to the mall before all the sales are over? I, you, ever, you ever just want to tell the truth and you're sitting and looking around and going, what is that? It don't take all of that. I used to have a man used to tell me, it don't take all of that. Well, show me what it takes. Show me what it takes to get people to turn from the enemy to God. Show me what it takes for church folk to get happy every now and then with God. Show me what it takes where every now and then we can look like we're happy in the house of the Lord. Show me what it looks like when the Spirit of God is in the atmosphere. Decades of grief and remorse make them act differently. But what Joseph also teaches us is that the very people who tried to kill you, Kim, God will give an opportunity for you to bless them. And if you have a relationship with God, you will bless them in spite of what they tried to do to you. And so what I'm telling you here is that when you repent and return, you will be in position to have some Holy Ghost power. And seen in the story of Joseph, you know the story, his brothers did not know who he was. But God had taken him from a pit to the palace. And God wants to do the same thing for us. Can I get a witness? You see, it's good to repent. It's good to reflect. But above all, we need to learn how to rejoice. We need to learn how to rejoice in the Lord. Am I tired? Rejoice anyway. Am I sick? Rejoice anyway. Am I unemployed? Rejoice anyway. Is my spouse crazy? Rejoice anyway. If my children are out of touch with the, rejoice anyway. If nobody says amen, rejoice anyway. If nobody tells you that they love you, rejoice anyway. If nothing shows up on Christmas morning, you need to rejoice and dance anyway. And what we're learning here, don't rejoice when everything is good. We got to learn to rejoice when trouble is in your body. We got to rejoice when cancer is in your body. We got to rejoice when you're in dialysis. We got to rejoice when the report is bad. We got to rejoice when you got to make a decision about a loved one. You got to rejoice in the situations of the world. And too many of us want to rejoice when we're happy. We want to rejoice when the deposit looks good in the checking account. We will only rejoice if I get what I want for Christmas. We're only going to rejoice. But I'm here to tell you today, if you love the Lord, if you have accepted Jesus Christ, then you can rejoice because that's the greatest gift you can give yourself. I thank God for all I have seen around the world. 
I thank God for all of the places that I have gone. I thank God for a visit to the great city of Jerusalem. I thank God for going to Egypt and seeing the pyramids for myself. I thank God for being baptized in the Jordan. I thank God that I was able to go to Bethany. I thank God that I could see the birthplace of Jesus. I thank God that I could go to Gethsemane. I thank God that I could see the evidence. It's true that my God is real. So if you want something for Christmas, give yourself the gift of Jesus Christ. If you want something for Christmas, why don't you rejoice and look happy as a disciple and then people will be drawn to you because I found out, uh, uh, Brother James, I call you Eddie Kendricks now, I, I found out that people look at us and decide, I don't want to do that because look at the situation you're in. If people, when people look at us and nothing good ever happens, Alex, if people look at us and we're always moaning and groaning, if people look at us, oh, well, I guess I'll be, oh, I guess so. When people look at us, if we have no physical power, why would I want to sign up with you when there's no evidence? So my question is, where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? Where's the evidence that you love the Lord? Because Jesus kept reminding the disciples that if I go away, and the word of God said he did go away. He said, if I go away, I love that. If I go away, he said, I will come again. And I'm going to go be with the Father, but I'm going to come back and pick you up. And he said, Jesus said, because in my father's house, I know we got issues with housing and caring. Everybody's talking about affordable housing. And everybody's saying that there's a great shortage and nobody can afford rent. But Jesus said, in my father's house, in my father's house are many, 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 many rooms. And I don't have to have an affordable housing campaign because in my father's house are many mansions. And Jesus said, if it not so, I would have told you. He said, if it were not so, I would have told you. And then Jesus goes on to say, I will come again. I'm, do you believe God is going to, that Jesus is going to come again? Come on now, do you really believe Jesus? You're not, I don't have camera on you. If you don't believe it, that's a, but if you believe that Jesus is coming again, I want you to give the Lord one minute of praise. Just one minute of praise. He's coming again. Come on, church. He's coming again. He's coming again. And he said, I will receive you. I will receive you. I don't care if you're fat. I don't care if you're skinny. I don't care if you have no hair. I don't care if you have kinky hair. I don't care if you're overweight. I don't care what you look like. I'm going to receive you unto myself. Because what Jesus is saying is that God has the final word, not the world. The world tells us we're worthless, but oh no, Jesus is saying, I'm coming back. I'm going to do the heavy lifting. 
and I will be back to pick you up. How many of you ever been left at the train station? You thought somebody was going to pick you up. If you don't get Jesus, you are in for a miserable life because Jesus is the only one you can trust with everything you have. And Mary shows us is that I don't care if you dance with me or not. I got it. When I listened to the lyrics, I heard uh, the new Whitney Houston film is coming out, isn't it? I wanna, what is it, Connie? What's the name of the new film's coming out? Huh? I want to dance. I thought about that, Deacon Don, and I realized that maybe if she had had somebody to dance with, she wouldn't have been on drugs to the degree that she was. And maybe if there was somebody around her who could coach her, she wouldn't have died the way she died. Because there's nothing wrong with dancing, but if you look at the lyrics closely, she said she wanted to dance with somebody. I know that's a worldly song, and some of us are too holy to realize that we listen to Whitney Houston. She said, I want to dance with somebody. I want to feel the heat with somebody. Well, sometimes the person you're with is not the heat that you need, that you need Jesus Christ. So she said, I want to dance with somebody. I looked at the lyrics, and it looked like a plea to me that I'm tired of doing these drugs and being over here all by myself. I want to feel the heat from somebody. And that heat is Jesus Christ. I want to dance with somebody. Who are you there? I want to dance with somebody. She said, come on, come on, come on. Look at the lyrics. But because she had nobody to dance with, she ended up dead. And if we have nobody to dance with, we will end up the same way. She said, I want to feel the heat with somebody. And the heat is Jesus Christ. So I offer you Jesus. Stop messing around. Come clean. Tell the truth. Stop cheating. Go home when you're supposed to. Stop lying. Stop telling people you didn't see their message. Stop, just, tell, just stop being devious. Stop pretending that you care when you don't. Stop pretending that you're, oh, man, I'm so glad to see. No, you're not. You're not glad to see me. Yeah, you haven't seen me in a year, and you haven't called me. How are you going to be glad to see me? Oh, man, you know I love you. And, well, I, oh, you love me? Really? I haven't talked to you in three years, and you love me? You love the church, but the church hasn't heard from you in three years? Come on! I want to dance with somebody. I want to feel the heat with somebody. And above all, she says, somebody who loves me. She said, somebody who loves me. May you feel the heat of Jesus Christ. May you feel the heat of our Lord and Savior. May your Christmas be on fire. May you feel the heat when you wake up Christmas morning. May you feel the heat when you walk around in the afternoon. May you feel the heat when the turkey gets to the table. May you feel the heat when nobody says amen. May you feel the heat when you don't get what you want. I want to feel the heat with somebody. Somebody who loves me.
Here's to your he, my he, your he, my he. Tim, you got a feeling. You can't fake it. I love you. Merry Christmas. Where there is no heat, there is no Jesus. Because when you start feeling the heat, you care about the hungry. When you start feeling the heat, you care about those who have no place to live. When you feel the heat, you stretch your budget so you can give to the benevolence fund. When you got the heat, you sing when you don't feel like it. I want to feel the heat of Jesus Christ. And I pray you get the same gift. Because without the heat, there is no Christmas. Amen. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or would like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again. And-